0: Hello, beautiful people! My guest today is Hella Sidibe, and Hella is absolutely incredible. He is currently on a run streak, meaning he's run every day for over thirteen hundred days, so quick math tells me that's somewhere around four or three and a half years and Hella just blows my mind. His positivity and energy are infectious. And I I started watching him on YouTube after Pat Walls recommended him to me, Pat Walls from episode 38. And Hella did not disappoint. In this conversation, we spoke about the importance of doing difficult things, of love, of what a day in his life is like, and I'd be surprised if you listen to this all the way through and you don't feel energy and you don't feel happy and you don't feel excited. I highly recommend you check out Hella's YouTube channel. Just talks about running, motivation, lifestyle, that type of thing. He does that video once a week, and he is amazing. I'm a huge Hella fan, and I think you will be as well after listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, let me know on Twitter at HeyDannyMiranda is where to find me. That's where you can give me feedback about the conversation, and I look forward to hearing from you. But until then, let's go into this conversation with Hella Sidibe. Interesting people, thought-provoking conversations, nutrition for your brain. Journey through the minds of the world's top performers and discover what it really takes to achieve your highest version. This is the Danny Miranda Podcast. Hello, thank you so
1: much for joining me today. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: So why don't we start off with a little background from you. Who are you? how'd you get to this place in the world? And, and just tell everyone a little bit about yourself.
1: Um, So my name is Hela Sigibe. I uh, was born and raised in West Africa, Mali. And uh, I grew up in a third world country. Um, If you guys haven't heard of Mali, Mali is um, one of the poorest country in the world, if not the poorest. People make less than a dollar a day over there. So but I grew up in a, a beautiful upra- um, up, uh, rising family, um, even the fact that the country is very poor. I never really felt that as a child because your parents and your family members kind of like take that burden on themselves so you don't have to feel it. So we were just kids on the street enjoying the game of soccer, playing around, having a good time with our friends on the field and at school, coming home to a nice cooked meal, whatever that we are able to have that day. And there's no really complaint. It was all about joy and having fun. And I, um, I came to the U.S. in 98 um, when I was seven before even turning eight. And uh, but I was only here for one year uh, until 99 because my parents were completing their degree. My dad was doing his Ph.D. My mom was doing her master's and uh, we all moved back home again. So I went back home. I did middle school and to come back here and I started high school. So I've been in the U.S. since then, but I go back and forth visiting um, grew up, went to high school here and went to college here and play soccer my whole life. And soccer got me a, a scholarship at a Division I school, University of Massachusetts Amherst. So I went out there, played soccer over there, got the opportunity to play in the pros. Um, I was looked at sport by Sporting Kansas City of the MLS and I had a lot of opportunity to play, but there was issues of immigration because I wasn't a U.S. citizen then. that's a whole another story. I actually talked about that in my YouTube channel as well with uh, more details about my soccer story, but um, I did my best playing, um, got opportunity to play for teams and got on teams. Um, the thing about me right now is, even though I play soccer my whole life, I hated running, fitness was never fun. Whenever we have a day off, whether in college or pros, or um, even in between um, with PDL, the Professional Development League or Premier De- Development um, League, I didn't like the day off because I know that after the day off, the following day, we have to do fitness, and I did not like running. I would literally be sick to my stomach. I can play a 90-minute game, no problem running up and down the left uh, field, but um, because there's more to it. You're thinking about the ball. You're thinking about winning ball, attacking, defending, but running wasn't something that I was I found joy in, and I always saw it as punishment. And for the most part, for our team, we were, especially at U- UMass, um, we were always punished by running. It was like, oh, you guys are not doing well. Get on the line. And fast forward to three years ago, I just literally sat there and said, I want to do something that I could for once hold myself accountable and stop making excuses. Something I'm really afraid of. And the first thing that came to my mind was running. And I wanted to be, you know, after season, um, you have this um you have this body, like you're in shape. And I wanted to maintain the postseason body look, and I know running would have to be part of that in order for me to do it. So that's how everything came about. And next thing you know. Um, I said, you know what, um, there's this YouTuber actually that I used to watch, Paul uh, Wallace of Supercars of London, he's just a car YouTuber, and he said, I want to give running a try. This was like January 2017, and I was looking at him, he's not an athlete, he's never played any serious sport, he wants to try running, I'm afraid of it, I played at the Division One level, I got to play in the pro level, I should be able to do this, so that also was part of the the motivation as well. So, And I just told myself, let's run every day for just two weeks, just 10 minutes a day, Um, no pressure. It doesn't matter how slow I go, just do 10 minutes and within a week I fell in love with it because it was pressure free. I didn't have to get yelled at by anyone. I was just enjoying myself and now we are here today, uh, still running every day, well over three years. (laughs) It's incredible,
0: man. It's absolutely incredible and you bring up such a good point in that when you are forced to do something, you Mm -hmm. start to hate it. And yeah. when you do it and decide to do it on your own, you can really find enjoyment in the same exact activity. I know for a lot of people, it's it's reading, right? Reading books. Mm-hmm. You know, school forces them to read and they hate reading because of that. And then they start to read on their own and they're like, "Wow, this is actually fun." So it's very interesting that you found running in the same vein there. Um, yeah. So what I'm curious about is a day in your life, right? So you've run every single day for the past three years and and more than three years. But what does a normal day look
1: like for you? Uh, A normal day, uh, let's say, um, let's go over, I will go over like yesterday, for example. Um, I woke up, I had a, a meeting at 11 in the morning and it was a crazy day because if I didn't run before 11 in the morning, I was gonna be in trouble. I was not gonna be, I'm not gonna, I wasn't gonna be able to run until past um, 7.30 p.m. And I didn't want to run that late because that's when like your body goes through the day, your body isn't the same, you know, you, you're on your feet um, running around doing all these stuff. So I got up early to make sure that I got my run out of the way before the 11 a.m. meeting with Vivo Life. I'm a Vivo Life um, uh, uh, athlete. So it's a, a plant-based protein company out of the UK. So we just had a meeting over Zoom. So after that meeting um, in the morning on yesterday, Thursday, Right away, I had to do my recovery stuff because I had a training session I had to attend to at 3 p.m. So after that 3 p.m. training session, um, I do I coach people. I do speed and agility in soccer. That's my uh, my profession that I do I, as a job besides YouTube. So I had a session to go run to at 3. And after that 3 p.m. session, I had a, an hour in between. I had to eat. I had to run to another 5 p.m. session. After the 5 p.m. session, I had to run home to get on a call with Gymshark at 6.30 uh, PM. And then after that, I had a session again from seven, from 7:30 to 8:30. So actually it was a crazy day. So if I'm not running, I'm training someone or training myself, or I'm doing some YouTube videos and I'm eating, that's my life. And then I love every uh, moment of it, every opportunity that I get, I guess that's part of this lifestyle that I live. So today, for example, I ran before I met up with you because right after I'm done talking with you, I have a training session to attend to right away. And then after that, I have another virtual session immediately. So you got to get the, the mentality is always finding a way to make it happen. Or if you don't make it happen before all these stuff that you have to do, that you have responsibility to take care of, you got to make it happen later. So it's it's like, when do you want to do it? Do you want to do it early and get it out of the way? Or do you want to do it late when it's really late? So that's how my day is. How, how many times have you had to
0: do those late night sessions because I mean I'm not I'm sure every day you haven't for the past a thousand days you haven't got your work in early. Has has there yeah. been a few nights about that you've just like started to run at eleven PM or or real? Actually late? yeah
1: I want to, yeah that's a good point that you brought up. When I first started this running journey, um people I get messages from people I don't have time to to run or to work on myself because I have a nine to five People don't realize actually when I was um started this journey I had a full 9 to 5. I had a I would get, get in at 12, I don't get out till 8 p.m. or I would get in at early in the morning, I don't get out till 6 p.m. or I was always working. So I would either get up early in the morning to run before I go into work or after. So a lot of the time it's been after because I was lazy to get up. It wasn't um it wasn't that I didn't want to run, it's just being lazy like we're human, we have those days where we don't really want to get going immediately. And I had to pay for it. And I end up running at 9 p.m. at night, 10 p.m. at night. And I, I don't like those because those are like the time it's dark out, even there's some street lights, it's not the same, you know? And your body has gone through the day, it's not this, you're not feeling the same. And the motivation at that point is not as strong. But it's not about motivation at that point, it's about being disciplined to take care of business. So I've had those days. And then as I grew better mentally and um and developed, and I make sure that. I take care of business before I go take care of other business. Even when I had flights, um, besides this pandemic we're in, I'd have to catch a 6 a.m. flight. I'm up at 2, 3 in the morning running before I get on the flight because my mentality is what happens if I get stuck at the airport or the flight is delayed and I don't have the opportunity to run till later or if I land, it's literally 10 minutes before midnight, I can't run that day. So I make sure that I get up early and get it done and just set myself in. And if I have any time after when I get to my destination or after work, if I want to do an extra run, that's an extra run. But the priority has been taken care of already.
0: It's really so important taking care of yourself first and then because you're presenting yourself in a whole different light, right? If you you wake up and you get your work in and you're proud of who you are and you took care of yourself, well, then you can take care of everyone else too, right? And it's easier to attend to all the meetings you have to do.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly.
0: So one thing that I needed to talk to you about was Mm -hmm. that you... You didn't start posting on YouTube when you first began the challenge. You started posting about six months after, if I'm correct, after you started this running every day.
1: day. Why is that? So that's what, uh, that's the interesting part um, about that time that it happened. Um, When I started this journey, it had nothing to do with YouTube. It had nothing to do with, it was just a personal thing that I needed to fight. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of time in my life I made so many excuses and some of them was very valid because some stuff were out of your control but what I didn't do was take care of what I can take care of I was always pointing fingers I was the guy that was saying oh this is not my fault look at this is out of my control and some of them I had I had a good legit reason but um I wanted to do this just for me it had nothing to do with social media it had nothing to do with anything the only reason I actually reached social media is because my girl convinced me to do it and she was convincing me since like 100 hundred days in and I said no only she knew close family member I'm trying to run every day for a year so at day 163 I finally said okay fine I got my run in and I just got a haircut that day and I was like let me shower and let's go do the video I agreed to her letting, me, uh, letting her shoot a video about me she said this is cool let's share it with people put it on YouTube and at that point I had no idea streaking was even a thing I never looked up anything about running it was just me versus me So day 163 was when we shot that video and we put it up. And we just put it up just to share my passion with people. And putting that up wasn't anything expected for it to be anything at all. And it didn't even catch until three months later. We started waking up. We're getting views and views. People are messaging, are you still running? What's the update? And we just started updating people. So basically, I became a YouTuber by accident. And it's something that I hated. that became a passion of mine. Now it's work, but it's not even work because... Whether I'm getting paid for this or not, I'm doing this every day. It was a lifestyle already that I made it. So that's how day 163 became a thing. And it's an important day for me because that's when everything changed really when we put it live on YouTube.
0: Were you hesitant to put yourself out there? Were you, was it weird for you to start putting a camera and having people view you into your life? Because obviously you just kind of came into this. So,
1: um, not really, because I, I was always in the, in front of cameras playing college. You always post game interviews there. So I was always in front of a camera. I wasn't really like uncomfortable in that situation. It was, it was more like, okay, let's do this and put it out there for people. And, and I feel like when you are very serious about something and when you're sharing the message, it's just, it's just so authentic and pure. It's just, it doesn't really matter what it is to you that you just want to make sure that you tell your story. So it wasn't weird. It wasn't, I wasn't hesitant. And I knew what I was putting myself into. And I knew I was opening up a huge door, letting people into my life, seeing what I'm doing. And I was just like, all right, let's do it. Um, why not? Let Maybe it can help one person. And when I put up the video, I had no intention to even, oh, to change anyone's life. It was just like, let me let, share with people what I've been up to, why I run every day. And that was it. And then it became bigger to me as time is going until this day.
0: Yeah, you, you talk about the importance of it being authentic to yourself and the importance of of it not being a big deal because this is just who you are and yes. and i found the same exact thing with this podcast is like it's it's just me expressing it and asking questions that i would ask you on a phone call you know mm-hmm. even if it wasn't recorded so it makes it more pure almost from that perspective but yes. one thing that i wanted to talk to you about was your energy, man. If anybody watches these videos, they see your energy is off the walls. It is absolutely insane. And it is so pure and coming from a place of love that you just want the viewer on the other end to smile and to have a good time and and to be the best version of themselves. And that's where I relate to you so strongly. So talk to me about where that energy comes from.
1: Um, That energy is just, it came from having a a self-conversation. I had to literally one day, I talk to myself. I always say that if you were around me right now, um, Danny, and we're on a run, if you can hear the thoughts in my head, you'd probably think the hell are you are you crazy or something? Even yesterday as I'm sitting down on the dining table, I'm having conversation with myself. My my girls across in the living room. She goes, Are you talking to yourself? I'm like, Yeah, I'm just trying to make like trying to plan something in my head, but I'm speaking it out loud. So I had to one day literally sit down and talk to myself. Um, I was always a happy person. I was always smiling. Um, that's, I, it's because of where I grew up. It literally is the lifestyle that we live in. A lot of people are in so much problem and trouble in, in Mali, in my country, and I think most of Africa, too. Um, but they're always smiling. In fact, they make they laugh about some of the hardship because they said it could always be worse. So they see it from a different perspective. So I grew up seeing life um, in a perspective way. But at a certain point in my life, I was going through so much trouble, so many tribulations, um, so many things that I had to deal with, and it really put me in a dark, uh, a dark spot. It really did, and I had to one day literally sit down and say, "Hell, I could always be worse." You think you have it worse today? Someone will switch their life for yours in any minute. Um, you have a roof over your head, you can eat. So, what is it to be sad about life? I know I'm not gonna have rough days, but I just have to look into the brighter side and talk about what I'm grateful for and just smile because some people didn't wake up today. I got to wake up today. So I got the opportunity to chase another dream, even though one didn't work out. But I have the opportunity to do something about my life. And some people didn't get that. And I really a lot I remind myself the difficult days. You know, when you have these tough days, when you think it's like the end of the world, nothing is ever gonna change. And next thing you know, you give it time and you're sitting here today, you're smiling, when you're thinking back, you're like, wow, I thought those were worse of the worst days. But look at it, I'm standing strong today. And I'll share a personal story with you right now. I talked about it in my podcast, actually, that I started out long ago. Um, when I was trying to be on a professional team, I got signed to Seattle Sounders, but it was their farm team first. I signed a professional contract. Getting out there, I had zero money, nothing at all. Trying, waiting for my first check to come in as a pro, right? So I went to go buy food, and my bank account declined, uh, my card declined. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I didn't have it in me to, my parents are in Africa, and I didn't want to go ask them about I need money and they're not, having money in Mali isn't easy either. Um, I didn't have the courage to ask any friend or anybody for money. So I'm sitting there. I don't know how I'm going to get my next meal. I'm, I'm hungry. So I decided to give a phone call to the bank that I had, was a Bank of America. And I said, whoever came on the phone, I said, can I speak to a manager? And the manager came in and I said, can you allow me to just overdraft my account uh, and you can charge me the overdrafting fee. But I'm, I'm waiting on my first professional check. When I get it, I'll make sure that I pay the fee. So I just needed to to eat. And he said, what's going on? Like I said, I have nothing right now. So that guy said to me, say, listen, if I let you overdraft right now, you're going to be negative and you're going to have a negative fee. So it's going to be a lot. So if you're not paying that on time, it's going to add up into something big that could be a struggle for you. Cause he doesn't know what kind of check I'm going to get as my first pro check. And so he said, you know what? Let me make this easy for you. I'm going to give you a $30 credit so you can go buy a grocery for the week. And I went to a, a cheap grocery store, got a whole grocery for a week. And thinking, the reason I'm telling you this story, I've had that day when I was sitting there, I thought this was like the worst of worst when I don't know what to eat. I'm an athlete that have to perform at a high level, playing against these teams from Vancouver Whitecaps, from Portland Timbers, from the MLS teams that, but I didn't have a cent in my pocket and I didn't have the courage to ask anyone so I can eat. So I think back to those days when everything was hard and I remind myself, you know what, life could always be worse. So every single day. I am getting out there and enjoying every day because it could be, you never, you really, sometimes the saying is, you don't know what you got till it's not there. So I'm trying to enjoy everything I got today. I'm trying to enjoy every single thing. And then sometimes I am down, but the, the beautiful part about me is, and I hope everybody discovered this about themselves, is that when you are down, you have to be able to be aware of it. Self-aware is very important immediately and shut it down and say, you know what, what are you talking about? Stop complaining, move on. And then it's over. Um, I have a rule where I give myself 10 minutes. It's not gonna lie. If I'm mad or angry about something, I'm giving myself 10 minutes to get over it. After that, I'm not carrying that energy around me because it's not worth it. So I just walk away from the situation and I just smile. And that energy just keep amplifying. So if, you, if you're on that positive frequency, it's just gonna keep amplifying every single day. So I think that's where I find my energy from, just reflecting on a past, not dwelling on a past, but letting myself know that life is actually really good. Even though we have all these craziness happening in this country everywhere in the world but life is really good because we got to wake up today
0: that's an incredible perspective my man and i'm so grateful to have you on the podcast to help bring that that perspective to more people and so one follow-up question i have for that is Mm -hmm. you mentioned before about how people in mali are poor but they're happy
1: and my question is why do you think that is I think it's the sense of nationalism that's very important. I feel like America is very private. Um, Even my friends, I have to make an appointment. Well, besides before the pandemic, hey, can can I come over this day? Can we hang out? And Mali, you just show up at your neighbor's house. You're not you're expected as a guest every day. So the sense of nationalism, being there for each other. So let's say like there's a a household. I have a lot of people that live in my house in Mali: cousins, nephews, nieces, all that stuff, Um, uncles, aunts. So let's say I go out to work, right? There's a meal made for the whole house. Like there's a breadwinner that provides and everybody do their best to, to add a little to it, to the table. And I go to work and the meal is made. They make sure that there's a, some meal left for me when I come home so I can eat, even if it's not enough to make me full, but I never will be left out. So everybody's looking out for one another. And, and then the saying is it takes a whole village to raise a family. That's the, literally how it is in my country. You could have someone that's just your neighbor, but they'll help raise your child. They're always there for you when you need them. So the sense of nationalism, we're there for each other. Even though we're poor, there's a lot of support. So because of everybody comes together as a unit, you don't even see how poor people are. You don't even see that people are suffering because one person is giving a helping hand. I think that's why the positivity is that if everybody was greedy now to hold on tight to what they got, they're like, well, forget you. I'm just going to focus on myself. I think then the happiness won't be the same. So that's the reason i I think my my theory, and it makes a lot of sense that that that's why we are very happy because we're there for each other. whether your neighbor is literally like your family, literally that's how it is
0: makes a lot of sense, and it's something that
1: you know you wish you would see more of
0: in this country. but what do you think the ways in which we can help people become more positive? do you think it's just about just about embodying that caring spirit, that positivity, that happiness yourself? How do you think about the ways of bringing that to mm-hmm. the United
1: States? So I think it's about um, everybody, uh, like you said, you we have to take care of ourselves first. You take care of yourself first. And meaning that you're sitting down, because if, if I can take care of myself today, I'm at my best, then I can use that energy to help someone else. And that comes very well even in this pandemic. If I make sure that I'm wearing a mask, if the science is telling us that's helping, let me do that. So I'm safe and I'm keeping someone else safe. So, but we really have to sit down and look deep down at ourselves. What is it that is making me not happy? What is it that's is it the money issue? Is it whatever it is? Because there's always some kind of reason that kind of takes the happiness away. And then when we get down to the root of that, now what can I do so I'm not in this state of mind and figure out how to get over these issues that I'm dealing with? So it really is like, you know, they say sit down and look at yourself in the mirror. That's literally what it took for me to do. Um, I didn't physically go sit down in front of a mirror, but I literally sat down and have a conversation with myself. What can I do now? So I feel like if we all figure that out, and then not being shy about, uh, because mental health is real, not being afraid of talking to someone, not being afraid of seeing the expert, seeing a therapist, I think we should normalize that so people, because people really are going through a lot. So when we do that, and I think that, That uh, happiness is gonna come around. The energy is gonna change because we're comfortable in that. We're able to be vulnerable. We're able to talk about our problems, so we're not letting it sit there and bottling up, and then it it destroys us. So we're knowing that we're able to know that someone is there for us, that we're not alone in this. It's many of us that are going through this, and then that's how we get over things and we come together. That's how you unite. When you, the reason we like some people love each other is because they're very similar. A lot of good friends are because they have good similarity they believe in the same thing they usually are doing the same thing so if we come together as a unit and as a a whole that's the only way I see that we are living in this beautiful um, happy positive lifestyle even if we have our down days we find a way to overcome it immediately
0: I love that and couldn't agree more Um, one thing that you talk about so often is inner peace Mm-hmm. And I'm curious about the ways that you focus on your own inner peace.
1: Yeah. Um, by not taking anything personally. We take a lot of stuff personally. Um, and there's a lot of people out there, um, even putting politics aside, if someone does something to us, some sometimes it's not humane. It really isn't. Like if I go and step on your toes, you did not do anything to me. What says that you deserve that, right? You don't deserve that. Um, but if someone literally come and step on my toes instead of, I didn't do anything wrong. They were in the wrong, but I won't take it personally and attack them. I'm just going to be, you know what? That's their issue. They're having problems. They're in so much pain that they're doing this to me. Well, they don't know me. I've never done anything to them. So you know what? I actually feel bad for you. I'm not going to take it. I'm just going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you for your healing. I'm going to pray for you, um, for you to be a better person. And I'm going to walk away from the situation. Uh, I think um, taking things personally really can drive us crazy. And a book that is life-changing, that literally changed my life, um, is called The Four Agreements um, by Miguel Don Ruiz. I believe that's the author. Basically, it's The Four Agreements, or do not take anything personally, be impeccable with your word, do your best, and last one, do not make assumptions. So I live by those four things. When I read that book uh, almost three years ago, or actually over three years ago, it, it changed my life. So I don't take anything personally. That gives me inner peace. I do not make assumptions because assumptions really ruins people's life. Like, especially when we assume that, Oh, you should know this. You should, we we shouldn't assume, um, we shouldn't, uh, and taking even like at, at a red light, when you're driving, someone is at a red light and you're behind them, it turns green. They take a little bit of a second before they move on. But we start flipping out, hitting our honk. Hey, move. It's red. It's green light. But maybe they drop something, maybe a tea spilled on them, their coffee, maybe. But we take it so personally, like it's our, it's not us. We have to be uh, have sympathy for that person. Maybe they didn't see the light right away. Maybe their mind is flaring somewhere. You don't know. Maybe they just got in a fight with someone, their spouse, a family member. So that's one thing, not taking anything personally and not making assumptions because it will always let you down. You don't know. You can't just assume things. And then always doing your best. And don't compare your best. My best today is gonna to be different than my best yesterday or tomorrow. But as long as I know I'm giving my best within that circumstances, and uh, most importantly, be impeccable with your word. Do not say anything negative about any anybody because you don't know where their mental state is. They can take it too too harsh. It can change their life. They can it can make them depressed. And you're be impeccable with your word to yourself. Don't call yourself stupid if you make a little mistake. Don't be like, oh, why did I do this? Like, don't be impeccable and. Those things are the way that you can find inner peace. And that's what helped me find inner peace um, by just not taking anything personally and not making assumptions, just doing my best and being impeccable in my work.
0: I love, love, love that you brought that book up because in the past six months, it's been one of the most important books that I've read. And mm-hmm. what I love about and one key insight I had from that book was to do your best and not to... Not to try too hard and not to try too too little and to just give exactly. your 100%. Because <laughs> yeah. if you if you think about it on a run, it's like mm-hmm. if you're running and you're going so hard and you're like, oh, I'm doing – I'm giving 110% effort, then you're going to get injured. If you're yeah. trying at 80% effort, you're going to be like, like – you're, you're not going to get it. growth. So it's yeah. only when exactly. you do 100% do you that's really feel to, it, right?
1: That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, so true. Yeah,
0: man. So true. and it, And it's like – how how have you taken that and applied, I guess, that book to more than just running?
1: I've applied it to every aspect of my life, everything, everything, even to the people who are who have insulted me that they don't even know who I am, who to people who are who have say things that has nothing to do with me, but they are claiming uh, it's Everything, literally, not just me, even others. Um, I just it, it it made me really look at myself. You know what? I don't have time to waste my energy on this. And life is short. I don't know what's gonna happen after this. Like me and you could be done with talking. Who knows what's gonna happen? But I'm not sitting there like being fearful about it and dwelling what can happen. But I'm just gonna enjoy the moment. Just enjoy, literally, live in a state that I'm living right now and living uh, and speaking about that I've read another book power now by Eckhart Tolle basically living in the moment every single day because we can't live in the in the past we can't live in the future we can only live in the present moment um so we should just always if you're being lazy today if you feel lazy enjoy that moment being lazy eventually you're going to get out of that state but if you're being lazy but you're like oh I'm being lazy you're not really enjoying it your mind is all over so you're not living in the moment next thing you know you're not everything is just even messed up so I apply that book to everything I do today, and it, it's a whole full circle, it really is. Um, any Anything I really do in, in life, um, whatever it is, I apply it to it. And it has helped me grow as a person, it has helped me be um, have sympathy for others, and has helped me not be selfish, because I used, I used to be selfish in a point in a way where it's all about, like, me, me, why can I be this, why can I not be on the team, why is this person playing and I'm not, I'm better than this person. And when they didn't do anything to me, so why am I going at them and being all pointing and talking about them and being so judgmental? So it really made me grow as a person.
0: I am so appreciative that you bring up some of those situations because Mm -hmm. I think someone might have a tendency to look at someone like you and be like, oh, he's always been happy. Oh, he's always Uh, been a selfless guy. Oh, he's always been full of energy and full of love and full of light. So talk to us about one of those times, if you don't mind, of when you weren't – when you realized like, oh, I am being selfish. And Yeah,
1: um, I yeah. used to not be uh, – not uh, specifically soccer because, I mean, if you asked me as a 16-year-old, hella, what would you be by the age of 25? I'm well over 25 now. But I would say that I would be playing at Chelsea FC, my favorite soccer team. That was the goal. At 16, you couldn't tell me that I was not going to do that. I believed in it so much. So when things aren't going my way now and all these circumstances, some of them was not my, it was out of my control. So I started like digging at people, like when teammates, people I've played with in the ranks, when I was, I'm been a starter on every team I played, I play basically 90 minutes. If I'm not playing, it's because I'm injured. Um, when I see players I played against that, I'm clearly better than, not just because of my opinion, just because of the reports and scouting. And I see them doing better than me being on the teams that, I want to be in, and then I start, like, being, I envy them, and they didn't do anything to me. I, at one point, I stopped watching games on TV because I'd see players that I play with, and even I've seen a player specifically that ended up signing for the team that was trying to draft me, that I was going at him when he was at, with a uh, Portland Timber. He he asked me friendly what to stop going at him because he's tired. He said that, he, he said, I won't go at you, I just need to catch my breath, so I won't catch you off guard. And I see him playing on TV. So I used to be en- like have envy against him and be jealous. And then I had to tell myself, he didn't do anything to me. Why am I jealous of him? I should be happy for him because his goal was also to make it. Why not be happy for for him? My goal is to make it. His goal is to make it. So I realized we all have more in common than we don't. We we're all trying to make it. We we're all trying to do the best for ourselves, for our family and friends. And I have to stop being jealous of people. And then my jealousy was always in the game of soccer. It had nothing to do with other lives. So is was just soccer because I just wanted to be the guy up there because I was so about that. Um, and I literally used to be so jealous of other players. I was always mad when I see other players succeed above me. But now I'm so happy to see others. I want others to do better than me. Even with a running streak, I want people to have better PRs than I am. That's not even my goal to PR all the time. I just want to run for the fact of endurance so I can go 30 miles, 40 miles, 50 miles in a day with no problem. But I'm actually happy for people who are being more successful than me now because I know the feeling of when you hit that goal is unreal. So I want them to feel that even beyond where I have been. So, yeah, so I had to – it's a lot of personal growth. I was I was in a dark place. I can't sugarcoat it and say I was this happy, happy guy. And as soon as I kind of learned about, more about myself and my own um, mental state, and change things up, literally the, the script flipped and you can see it today. Um, not only that, the energy around me, people around me are more positive because I put myself in that situation. Opportunities are endless for me and I'm so grateful for it. And it's just, life is just, I can't wait to get up in the morning and I couldn't say that three years ago. What, was, was, just, the,
0: what yeah. was that switch that flipped?
1: The, just holding myself accountable for once. Just saying, Hella, I am the problem. No one is the problem. You are the problem, Hella. I had to literally say that, and that's how running started. I said, Let me for once hold myself accountable and stop making excuses, and go out and in- enjoy this run right now because I'm scared of running. Let me stop pointing fingers at people because I didn't make it to this team. They, yeah, I couldn't get visa. Um, I had immigration stuff that was on hold. I couldn't get a contract to go to Germany because German embassy denied my visa. When I had a year guaranteed to play for a Bundesliga league or two, I couldn't go to um, Russia at the time. I had a contract to go to Russia. I didn't want to leave my scholarship in college. But other things that I was responsible for, I for once said, you know what, Hella, it's your own fault. Just man up, be a man. You're not a kid anymore and deal with it. And that was the switch. And it's really weird because once I started just focusing on myself, what I can do, Next thing you know, I literally life is beautiful. I really can't complain. I can't, and I didn't do YouTube for anything for money or any of that. And it it just is for because the pure joy of being able to share my passion is a privilege. And the money aspect, people um, talk about money a lot too with YouTube. If it was about money, I'd have quit YouTube a long time ago because you don't really make money on YouTube, and it's really public. You can go on social blaze and look at people's that can see what people are really making if you don't have the millions of subscribers and all these big brands working with you it's not even about that it's just about the pure joy of being who i am and sharing it with the world and holding myself accountable that's what everything for me
0: it's absolutely amazing to watch and what has been your favorite moment from the past three years of documenting your journey running
1: well, that's a tough one. This couple, uh, for sure. Uh, my favorite moment—I uh, would say the biggest one. The biggest one is seeing everybody trying this challenge, running every day for a year. And because when people used to say, "Wait, well, how's that possible?" and someone had actually had, a, had the audacity to go on my channel and put on the comment, "This is impossible. I've been in the military. I played professional sports. You can't run every day for a year. It's impossible. Your your body's not gonna handle it." So I, my favorite moment was seeing everybody else do it. So just to show that I'm not the special one, I'm not the lucky one, I'm not the athlete who's able to do it, that everybody else can do this. And then I'm actually more happy for them because they're living proof also. So those are my, my, my happiest moments on the channel, seeing everybody getting up and doing this and kind of like living it. And then a lot of people have made it and they're like, wow, this is actually possible because I switched the way that my mentality was, I need a rest day, I need to do this. And that's one of it. And another uh, uh one is, is being able to cover fifty miles in one day. I had no idea what I when I put myself to that, I wasn't prepared at all. I just it was a Sunday night, I said I'm waking up on Monday, I'm gonna to try to run fifty miles. Fifty miles. And I and I mile forty, I regretted my decision. I was delusional, I was dizzy, I couldn't even see where my house was when I stopped at mile forty to get some water and food. And I looked like I was deaf. I lost ten pounds and in a span of eight hours um, and 40 minutes for the run time and in 12 hours overall so that was a proud moment for me because i was able to push my body at a point where it was in a just it was an uncomfortable situation and it was very dangerous um and another proud moment was able to run 245 miles in a week when i do that in a month i usually do that in a month not in a week i'm um, being able to run 35 miles a day um, for what was going on and trying to shine light on some positivity and help those who are suffering throughout the, the days, the, the craziness we're living in. Um, that was a proud moment for me um, with the Black Lives Matter movement. And um, letting people know it's not even about people are saying, Oh, the Black Lives Matter is a thing. It's not about actually Black lives. But my point was Black lives actually matter, not just them. But obviously, for all lives to matter, Black lives have to matter. It's not taking away from other lives. It's just saying that these, uh, the community, the Black community just need need help, and we just need to shine light on it. And I had personal stories um, from their actual family. I didn't talk to them, but look for personal stories from people who love these people that were innocently killed. So it's not just the media, just them talking about who they were and made sure that the donation that I made was going directly to them, not just to a foundation, directly to the family that could help with their cases, whatever that's going on. So that was a proud moment for me, putting my body through 245 miles in a week um, for them to bring awareness to anything, any positive, anything that I could do to, um, to shine light on using my ability to run. That's always a prior moment for me.
0: So talk to me about recovery because mm-hmm. you're, you're talking about these absurd numbers, like 240 miles in a week and yeah, 50 45. mile run. Like my friend Hunter Weiss, episode number four of this podcast, he also ran 50 miles in a day. And it's like, like, what do you do the next day? You're running the next day? Like talk to me about the yeah, recovery uh, that you you're doing.
1: Your oh, recovery is never like a, a, a one moment time. You're always recovering. When I'm watching TV, I'm recovering, I'm foam rolling, I, I stretch, I, I do I hang my leg against the wall. You are always doing something to make it a little better so you can get up and go at it the next day. Um, that even that 15 mile a day whenever I had a break to eat to drink, I'm always foam rolling. My hands is against the wall where I'm snacking. Um, the 245-mile week foam rolling a lot, I'm using a recovery boot that I had from a friend that let me borrow his, uh, the Normatec one. That um, And I see you're doing everything. You really have to take recovery as more important than the actual running because when you're not fully healed, you're not going to be able to get out there and get the run in. So recovery is literally the most important part of, of this whole process. Um, so you have to pay attention to it. And if you don't, you're going to pay for it. And the days that I don't take foam rolling serious, I I feel it in my legs. I do. I do. So you have to just be disciplined and make sure you're eating well. You're not eating less. You're eating right. You got to eat a lot and making sure that you're hydrating on top of that and foam rolling and whatever it takes.
0: And you're also a vegan, right? So yes, vegan, how, yeah. talk to me about how you get enough protein into, to, to to support
1: this machine? Very, very good question. People don't understand that protein essentially comes from plants. So any protein you get from animals or recycled protein, because plants are the only thing that have the ability to produce protein. They use um, the sunlight to produce, uh, take I think nitrogen in in the sky that turns into amino acid, that turns into protein, some kind of like that. I may be a little off of that, the nitrogen, amino acid thing, but plant is the only thing that can essentially make protein. So technically, we are going to the direct source of protein. My beans, and I don't my even having banana has some kind of protein. It's not a lot. Some has higher content than the others. Um, I'm eating avocados that have good fats and all these things that that plants is literally and then inflammation recovery actually a healthy recovery because I don't have to worry about all these stuff that are um, inflaming my body that comes from animals. So my recovery is a little quicker. My body turning around to from recovery is very quick and fast due to the plant-based lifestyle and I, I made sure I did my research. And the only thing I regret about going vegan is because I, I didn't do it fast enough, early enough. I'm um, almost five years in this coming um, 2021, uh, February, but it's it's been nothing but amazing. I get enough protein, even having a bowl of oatmeal with my oat milk, that alone is more than half of the protein that I need in a day. And if you want to go supplement, there's a lot of plant-based protein shakes. And if you really look at it, everything that we really eat is involving with the greens and the legumes, the fruits that has all these nutrients. So that why is, why are they telling us eat your fruits, eat your vegetables? Because they know it has a lot of nutrients in it. So it's not just about meat. So um, that was able to help me to even be at this state in my in my life, uh, keeping going in my late twenties and being able to get up every day. I feel like I'm tw- in my early twenties every day. I feel like that.
0: Well, you certainly have the energy to yeah, to you. make it seem like that. So. Talk to me about one misconception or a few misconceptions that people have about running in general
1: that if you run every uh day, you're gonna be skinny you're gonna have, not gonna have any muscle mass. I think that's the biggest myth um you're you're gonna be you're gonna have uh, your joints are gonna uh, fall apart pretty much you're gonna be injured you're not gonna be able to walk you're gonna have there's so many things I've heard, and the funny thing is um to me I'm like well. Those people that you see that are marathon, the electric like Kipchoge, yeah, their skin skinnier, slimmer on the slimmer side, but this is how they train their body. It's not like they're not eating. They're not starving themselves. They're eating high calories, high, because they have to maintain a certain amount of level, but the way they train also is how they do it. So the way I run, I run every day. Um, I'm running seven miles, five miles. I used to run at least seven miles a day. I'm changing that again, going back to running intuitively. I did five the other day, and then I did seven, and I did nine, but it's how you do it. I don't just run. I make sure I do body weights, and I'm actually lifting weights a little bit now because I want to get stronger because I'm planning to run across the country. So I'm doing all these stuff to keep myself strong. So all these are myths. You're gonna be too skinny if you run every day. And my knee, the only I've had more muscle problem than knee. I've never really had any knee pain in three years. One time I had it when I tried when I ran. not I tried. I ran a marathon a day every day for seven days. Um, Like four days in or three days in, I was starting to feel knee pain. It was just like a runner knee kind of feeling. And after that, a few days later, that went away and I did knee strengthening exercises. But I've never had any issue on my back, my knee, any joints really, muscular issues. I've had um, my calf issues, shin, and that's about it. And those are all like, it's how you treat it. And it's about volume too. Um, it's like me and you, for example, Danny, let's say that um, I said, I'm going to, run every day for a year, um, and you are not, but I'm controlling my volume. Let's say today, we go run, Danny. You ran 10 miles, for example, right? I ran only three miles. But you running 10 miles, you're going to say, you know what? I'm going to take a day off tomorrow because I just did 10 miles. My body's really beat. It's sore. But I went and run my little low mileage of three miles again tomorrow. I'm at six at that point. You're still ahead of me by four more miles. And then you take two, three days to recover. And then those next two, three days, I'm doing the low volume. I'm doing two, three, right? At the mm-hmm. end of 365 days, even if you go run three, two, two three days later, who's gonna run more miles? I'm gonna run more miles, but I did less work of beating my body up one at a time. So I had a, a control, a volume control where I'm gonna go a little higher. I'm keeping it low, but I'm still able to get out there every day and get it done. But you are actually killing yourself in a way, but you're doing these high mileage. You're just going hard at it and you're taking these breaks, which you could use because you're going hard, but I'm keeping mine uh, attainable and I'm still getting a good work in my body and I'm training my body to be in, to endure everyday kind of work movement in that way. So it's also how you deal with it. I'm not saying that I run three miles in a day. In the beginning, I was doing three, four. I, I do higher mileage, but I build my body to get to that tolerance also as well. So- I think anyone, if whatever is running or now working out, whatever you want to do, you can do it every day, every day for a year, every day for two years. It's just how you, you maintain the load. It's how you take care of yourself in recovery and how you work on It's not just running. You got to work out also. You got to keep yourself strong and you'll be fine.
0: You bring up such an important point that I want to underscore, which is that if one person runs 24 miles in one day and one person runs one mile for 24 days, the person You'd, you'd rather be the person who runs one mile for yeah. 24 days because mm-hmm. that person is going to get the benefit of rest and sleep. And I think that we yeah. underlook this so much. And yeah. our our mind is, is like, oh, let me get as much done as possible today. Yeah. But if you realize that sleep is the most important and consistency yeah. over a long period of time yeah. is the most and important. Then, yeah. That, yeah.
1: Exactly. And that consistency of going one mile a day, you're kind of like... Letting your body introduce like slowly into it, one mile, the next day another mile. So your body is getting into this routine. It's getting a little stronger each and every day with that each and every mile and getting stronger. So at that point, when you hit your 24 mile, you have this strength in you that you wouldn't have by just going one time 24 miles and you're broken down. And your body is kind of struggling a little bit to recuperate from that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so you mentioned before about lifting weights and how you're trying to get stronger now. What exactly is your
1: routine like and what are you doing? Um, I don't have a – I canceled my gym membership after the pandemic even though the gyms are open. I never really was – whenever I went to the gym, it wasn't really to hit the weights. It was to do body work like pull-ups, dips, all these things. And just being in the environment of the gym and use their app machines that are easy for me. Here and there, I'll touch the weights. But um, I have this – Tempo studio that Tempo sent out to me it has weights in it like 100 pounds worth of weights so i'm lifting so um like for example after I, i'm done coaching tonight i'm gonna come and turn on my Tempo studio and do a, a body strengthening exercise it has lower body upper body full body so i just turn that on and trying to do that three day four times a week um the reason i'm adding i'm trying to add a little more muscle mass because um we're trying we're gonna run across the country early 2021 and I'm actually in a good talk of getting that happen. I'll be announcing the official date very soon, before this year end for sure. It'd be cool to announce it by my birthday, actually, uh, which is coming up in November. And so I'm lifting weights to make sure that my body is stronger because I know my body's going to get destroyed doing that. So I want to go in there strong. So when it's getting teared down, um, I'm going to have some kind of strength by the time I get to New York City from L.A. versus going in there weak and then I'm dying in the middle of the country when I don't have the, the strength to to keep pushing.
0: Yeah, so I'm so happy you brought up the cross-country run because how did you get this idea to do this? Where, where did this come from?
1: Well, um, so after – I ran every day for a year and I was like, wow, that's a crazy goal I just accomplished. And then I said, let's go to year two. Let's see. That year was the year of mental toughness because that was all about injuries. You knew what to expect. It wasn't fun. But um, after year two, I was like, you know what? I want to do something – that's more challenging. I like to challenge myself because now I fell in love with challenging myself. And I said, what can I do? I'm sitting here, actually, the table I'm sitting at right now, I said, wait, I, maybe I should try to run across the country. I literally said that. And my girl was like, I, I don't want you to do it because she's always like, I have all these crazy ideas. She's, like, afraid for my health. She's like, you're crazy. You're trying to do all this stuff. Um, She said, okay, maybe let's look into it. I didn't even know people were running across the country either. That's the thing. I don't know anything about these. And we found out that so many people have done it, like 200 or 300 people have done it. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. But when I'm doing this, I know this is going to be a hard challenge. I don't want to do it for my own ego. Nope, I want to do it for a cause. Even all the races I've done in my life, I did it for a cause. I didn't start running to to go do races. It was more than that. So when I run, I want to do it for something that's bigger than me. So I said... Let's do that to raise money and shoes for 300 million people, kids who don't have shoes, soul for souls. Uh, that's the nonprofit that we want to do it for. So I just said, you know what, let's make this happen. I wanted to make it happen last March. Pandemic started. I want people to be involved with it. And then we said, we'll see this fall. It doesn't look good, but um, pandemic or not, even if I'm by myself, I want to start 2021 um, and, and keep going. So I want to try something that's harder because running every day is a daily routine. now. That's not going to change. So now what can I do that's more challenging? And I think I um, try to cover over 3,000 miles in, in a crazy amount of days that I have in my head. I want to do it in 80, 70, 80 days, but I'm giving myself 100 days just in case because you never know what's going to happen with injuries or whatever. But um, yeah, that's the goal. And in the amount of miles I'm trying to cover, I don't even do that in a year. I'm trying to do that in less, in less than the time that I've ever done in my life. So that's the next challenge. So what? how many miles is that Per
0: day, are you expecting to do?
1: I personally want to tackle forty to forty-five miles a day, but I'm being smart. Said, okay, I did the thirty-five miles a day. That the two hundred forty-five mile a week that was so comfortable, I could have seen myself doing that for a few months. Uh, I just felt good about it. My body was well trained for it. I'm prepared for it. So I said, okay, we'll get to thirty, thirty-five. But I really want to do forty to forty-five miles a day. Um, wow. That's what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. So. I'm curious about who do you
0: look up to, if anybody, for inspiration or or role models or people you're like, wow, that dude's pretty cool. Like, do um, you have anybody like that?
1: I, I'm inspired by many things, not one specific thing. Um, I'm inspired by um, my parents. I'm inspired by even everybody, everybody that's getting out there hustling. Like Even you, you have your podcast, you're doing something for yourself. I'm inspired by that. My inspiration is not... Um. oh, this one specific person inspires me to get out. I've always been a motivated person. So I cannot say that I was never motivated. I was always afraid of doing things like running. But I think that's the athlete in me. Growing up playing soccer my whole life, you're an athlete, you're always competing games. So your your body is designed for this routine to find self-motivation. So I didn't need anybody really to motivate me and inspire me to get up and get something done. It was more of me holding myself back but there's many things that inspire me. Eli Kipchoge, holy cow. I look at him, I'm like, wow, I want to get up right now and go run. Even if I've... I, I could see anything about Eli Kipchoge, and I've already run that day, and I want to lace up and go run. So inspiration comes. I looked up to Kobe Bryant a lot. Uh, may he rest in peace. And if you go look at my... Some of the stuff I used to post about Kobe Bryant on my social media, I was always obsessed with him. I also say, oh, LeBron, good luck catching up to Kobe. I was a big <laughs> LeBron hater because I wanted Kobe to get all the credit. Like, I, I look... Going back into two thousand, like two thousand eight and seven, I was always talking about Kobe. Uh, I looked up to him, and I looked up to so many greats, like the Steph Curry, the El of the world. Um, like it's insane. There's so many amazing athletes, Michael Phelps, like all these medals that he's able to get through swimming. So it's not one specific person. Um, that's the thing about me, and uh, that's uh, that I'm very grateful for that I'm able to find inner motivation in a way, but also I'm inspired to see so many greats do their work and so many people that are getting out there and just hustling in general and doing what they love or trying to fall in love with something that they thought that they couldn't do.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's, it's really inspiring to see people who are getting after it in any, any regard. And talk to me about some of the people who you've inspired and who, who you've had an impact on and, and what that's meant to you.
1: Uh, a, a lot of people, um, I'm still trying to catch up on DMs from a year ago. Actually, this October marks a year. I have DMs I haven't answered from them because I have, I guess, so many. I'm so grateful for it that a lot of people want to take their time to talk to me. But many people have shared their personal story with me, how they got inspired just to not even just run every day, just to ch- chase their dreams. And that's what it's all about. It's not about even you getting up to run every day, it's about just go chase what you want, make it happen. Don't be afraid. Get out there and put some time. If you want it bad enough, you'll make time for it every single day make it, make it happen. So I've, I've had messages plenty of time, seeing people being motivated, tagging me with their run. Um, it's very cool to see that I was able to have that impact on their life. And my way of thanking them is letting them know that I'm seeing what they're doing and thanking them for actually taking a few minutes out of their day and messaging me because that's a precious few minutes that they could be doing something else, be a family member, or doing something that they want to do also. So yeah, seeing that is uh, it's really cool, and that's what I make my YouTube videos for too, because I don't care if I get a lot of views, that one person that it makes an impact on, that's what's important. I didn't start YouTube for views, I didn't start YouTube for anything, YouTube just happened because I just finally gave in to share my passion with people, and we're going to make sure we just keep it at that. That's why if you see anything on my channel... Um. Even if I have any sponsors, it's because I really love it. I have to test out Gymshark. I, I test out Gymshark for two months. Like, I loved it immediately. I was like, sometimes when you get a gift, you get excited about it. I was like, let, let the excitement die down and see if I really love this product before I commit to it. So I like sharing stuff that I actually genuinely really love because when you love it, it's easy to talk about it. It's so easy to talk about it. It feels natural. It feels like you're not forcing anything. So... All of that, um, seeing that, it's very cool to see people being inspired and trying things out for themselves, trying what I'm trying, putting on what I'm putting on. It's, it's amazing. It's crazy to think, even till this day, I'm um, sitting there, I'm like, wow, what a crazy journey it's been so far. And we're not even anywhere near near done. I absolutely love it, man.
0: And so this podcast is going to go live right before 2021 starts so mm-hmm. what i would like you to do is to give a little uh pep talk or maybe motivation or, or speech to someone who's starting who's about to start 2021 what do you have to say to them
1: i said do what you love love is the only way I might, I, I may be wrong to some people but i think love is what brings happiness and i'll explain that theory for you in a second But I want to tell to these people who have this new goal for 2021, do what you love. If you love it, you might as well get up every day and pursue it because you already love it. Why not do it? You love it. You're thinking about It's because you love it. You're thinking about It's because you want to do it. So just give it a try. Don't be afraid of anything. Don't be afraid of anybody that's doubting you. Don't even your parents. I said that to people. If you want to do it, it doesn't matter what they think. Get up and pursue respectfully, respectfully disagree with them. And be respectful and say, you know what, mom, dad, this is what I want to do and pursue it. Because at the end of the day, if you want to do it, it, makes you happy. If you go do something else that someone else wants you to do, it's not going to last. You're going to be miserable. So do what you love. If you love doing it, get up and get after it every single day, no matter any circumstances. Even if it's just five minutes a day spent on it, eventually that adds up. Five minutes a day, every day for a week, that adds up versus spending Five, 20 an, an hour just today and leave it for 5-10 days you know spend time on it every day and it's a cheesy saying they say Rome room wasn't built uh, overnight it wasn't so spend time on it every single day and the reason earlier I said again love is what brings happiness if you love yourself you gotta love yourself first if you can't love yourself there's no way you're gonna love someone else there's no chance and people say that oh I can love someone and I I'll, and I'll love myself if you love yourself you can love other people because love is in your heart already. You don't see anything by love, right? You love other people. Love what you do. Love the world that you live in because we get up and, and we got to, to, to be alive. When you do that, you are full of love and then you're happy. When you're, when you're in love with someone, you're happy. When you're in love with riding your bike, when you're in love with going for a run, when you're in love being on your podcast or doing whatever techie stuff, you're happy, right, because it brings smile to your face. So love literally brings happiness. So if you're loving, happiness is always going to be there because love is around you at all times. So do what you love. Focus on love. Love yourself. Love others. Love what you do and love the life that you're living. So that's my message to everybody that's going into a, a, new, a new 2021 that wants to make a change for themselves.
0: Dude, I am smiling ear to ear. And people who are listening to this podcast and who have listened to episodes in the past might have been wondering who is actually speaking there was it hella or was it danny because you just <laughs> sound so much like me man and i'm That's so, so awesome. i'm so appreciative of you for coming on today i of i course. can't thank you enough thank you so much where can people find you if they want more hella in their life
1: i'm on youtube as uh, Hello hella good so it's h-e-l-l-a-h-g-o-o-d and i'm on instagram as hella good but with a uh, number nine after that Hello good so they can feel free to message me, leave a comment, and I'll do my best to get back to them. And like Danny said, that it, it felt like it was uh, either me or him. And the thing is that I believe in I believe in being on the same frequency, energy, and I think we're connected for a reason. So this just didn't happen by accident because you you have the same mindset. Um, it says uh, the the way the people who have the same thinking, same energy, you get pulled together somehow. And I was happy to see your email. And uh, being able to get on this podcast and make it happen today.
0: Well, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. Uh, it, the hour absolutely flew by, and hopefully it did for yeah. you listening as yeah, well. Yeah, it did.
1: it did. Yeah, it did. I definitely enjoy every moment of it. And, uh, thank you, was, man. Yes. Thank you so much uh, for having me on the podcast, and I'm excited um, to hear and have other people here as well.
0: Beautiful people. We are back, and that was my conversation with Hela Sidibe. If you enjoyed it, let me know on Twitter. At HeyDannyMiranda is the best place to find me. And if you enjoyed this conversation, please consider subscribing to my newsletter, Tuesday Treasure. You can find that at DannyMiranda.com slash Tuesday. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.